Welcome to the ADS Podcast. This is where we talk about all things audience development for the arts related. Join us for discussions about audience building tips, ideas, concepts, and philosophies with sometimes brought in special guests. And now, here's your latest podcast for you. Hi, Shoshana here from Audience Development Specialists, and welcome to another segment of ADS Podcast. And today we have a special guest, Clay Mabbitt from Sold Out Run. And we will be talking today with Clay about 11 tips on how to promote opening night. But before we introduce Clay to the show, I would like to give you a little bit about his background. So Clay spent five years working at a marketing company where he focused on marketing strategy and online promotional tactics for small and medium-sized businesses. And after seeing some exceptional theater production in his hometown of Indianapolis never find an audience, he started Sold Out Run to help people promoting stage productions be smarter and more effective with their marketing. Welcome, Clay. How are you? Hello, I'm good. I'm delighted to be here. Oh, wonderful. I'm so glad you came. And I am very excited about the topic we're going to be talking about. Before we get started, though, I would really like to hear more about your business, Sold Out Run. Oh, sure. Uh, well, uh, a couple years ago, I was in a, uh, a friend of mine did an original um, musical, and it was going to be, uh, just because of the way the timing worked out, I didn't think I was going to be able to be involved uh, on stage, but I was working at a marketing company at the time, and I said, hey, can I maybe help out promoting the show? Um, and, you know, of course, uh, my friend was like, yeah, the more help you want to give, the better. Um, <laughs> but it went very well, and that show ended up being uh, a sold-out run, every performance of it. Uh, in fact, we even added another Thursday in, and that sold out too. Um, but it was then that I kind of realized, like, you know, I know all this marketing stuff from my day job in the corporate marketing world, uh, and a lot of that could be brought to bear for um, theater, where I, I like to spend a lot of time as well. And so it just became this natural extension of how can I get my ideas out there and help people, and the blog and later the podcast Sold Out Run was born. Oh, fantastic. And how long have you been doing Sold Out Run then? Uh, the site started in the fall of 2010. Okay. Great. Um, and, yeah. Wonderful. I mean, we definitely need all hands on deck, as you mentioned. The more, the merrier. <laughs> right. <laughs> get out there and help us with audience development and selling out shows. Yeah. So a certain blog post of yours caught my eye, which is what we're going to be talking about today, the 11 tips on how to promote opening night. Mm-hmm. And before we get started into the nitty-gritty of what you talk about uh, with your 11 tips, I'd like to talk about why you feel opening night is so important. Well, I think, um, and I know that your audience, you have an audience across um, the arts, not just theater, um, but and I think this really applies um, to to all of the performing arts. There's a real energy to opening night, and it, it sets the tone for... Um, the performers certainly, but also for the audience, it's sort of it's sort of this kickstart 
for the word of mouth. You know, word of mouth is happening up until opening night. You know, there's the the buzz of what it could be, but nobody really knows what it is yet. And then opening night is when people first start seeing the actual product that you're putting up on stage. And it's this surge. Uh, or if it's done right, it's a surge. If it falls flat, then that can hurt your word of mouth. But it's this opportunity to really um, electrify the conversation about your production. And that, that's why I personally think opening night uh, is so important. And I love how you put it that it is a certain energy that you're trying to build. That's the type of language I'm constantly telling my listeners as well. And um, I just want to extract a few things from this blog post because I think you put it really well. That You said to get the positive buzz rolling for your show, Opening night needs to be amazing. And of course, that's italicized. Amazing. And I totally agree with you because, um, if you're not providing something amazing, it's not going to be something that people latch on to, to actually spread the word for. Um, and then the other thing that you mentioned here, which is a great lead into what we're going to be talking about today, um, is what I'm leading up to is your opening night needs to be more than just another performance in your run. It needs to be something special, something a little bigger and a little better. And I have some tips for that. And you certainly do. You came up with 11 fantastic tips. And the reason why I really latched on to this blog post is it is all about audience development. You have all the four C's in there. You have connection, collaboration, community, and caring within these 11 tips. Mm -hmm. And it is full of audience participation and audience engagement. So because we have so many tips to talk about, I'd, I'd like to get started with that. I think we both agree that opening night is important, and it's great to make it amazing. And these 11 tips will make it amazing. So let's start with tip number one, which is talk back. Sure. Um, and, and I guess I, I should mention, too, this, this may become clear as we go through the 11. You, you don't necessarily, you wouldn't necessarily use all 11 of these for every production. Some are going to make more sense right. um, depending on the production. But uh, these are all worth thinking about and asking yourself, hey, could I, could I do some version of this uh, for my production? Um, but, yeah, tip number one, the talk back, this, this might be the most familiar uh, to everybody, because uh, it's certainly in the world of theater, um, although it, it doesn't have to be exclusively in theater, uh, the idea of that talkback is just a chance for the audience to meet the artists after the performance. Um, you know, and that could be actors, that could be directors, conductors, dancers, uh, and ask them questions about about the art piece, about their lives, you know, just connecting with those people and, and making it more real and feeling like they know the people that are creating the art um, helps the audience feel more invested and more more a part of the artistic process. Yes, I think it's a great idea to bring that, uh, this tip to other, other disciplines besides theater. And um, I have used this in a different format. I, I find that you can also make it a little bit more casual and have a type of reception where everybody's together to, to talk with one another. And that's Absolutely. worked really well for me, too. So it's kind of like an informal talk back where the audience can actually go up and, and have a drink or and mingle with the, the musicians and, and mm -hmm. get, get to talk to them that way, too. So Yeah, that's great. Definitely a good tip. And so a talkback would happen after the show. And tip number two is the pre-show lecture, which we use a lot in the classical music world. 
Yeah, I mean, and that makes a lot of sense in the classical music because knowing, um, or, or I'm assuming, I'm, I'm, you know, from the outside looking in, I'm guessing that the audience knowing some of the story behind a piece and and having it in their head before they listen to it really changes the experience and helps them connect more with it. Uh, but that same idea across disciplines, there's no reason that that couldn't, you know, occur in theater or occur in other uh, performance art forms where giving the audience the context ahead of time and letting them know uh, the history of the piece or, you know, what some of the symbolism is in it can help them interpret it in a different way and it can have a different effect on them. Right, right. So can you give us, like, a great example of a pre-show lecture for theater? Do you have, like, an example in your hat you can tell our listeners about? Well, I think um, there's a show going on here in Indianapolis right now. I don't remember the exact title, but it, it is based on the writings of Anne Frank. Um, and and I think a lot of the, the history in the pieces come, the, the the history of Anne Frank and her experiences, some of that is just known, common knowledge a lot. Uh, some of it comes through in the work itself. and uh, But I think without spoiling some of the reveals and the the plot events that happen over the course of the play if the audience has more information and more context about what was going on in europe um you know and what it was like to be there that that you know some shadowing for the play and and again there's there's two sides to this one is the are the artistic experience that they have it can affect their enjoyment of the the art piece um, but we are also talking about marketing here, and so right. being able to tell people ahead of the time, ahead of time, hey, if you come opening night, you know, you're going to have this great experience to get a richer, uh, fuller experience of the production, um, and and pre-show lecture, and, and the promise that that is of the more information you're going to have and the more connection you're going to have, that's part of the appeal there. Okay, so let's move on to tip number three, which is opening act. And I know that our Colorado Shakespeare Festival here in town uses this tactic. They have a um, kind of a renaissance music group come in to perform before their play. So I, I love this idea. I don't see it very often. So let's talk about opening act. Yeah, it's. I think it can work best when you do... Uh, when you bring in a different discipline. So if you're, if you were doing a classical music performance, I think an opening act that is also a classical music performance, I mean, I, I don't, if it's very different, maybe it could work. Instead of a full orchestra, maybe you open with a, a string quartet or something that, that feels different. But, um, I think it's even more powerful when, when it is, uh, a big contrast. So there was a, uh, earlier this year, I saw a dance company that was doing, some dances that were inspired by Romeo and Juliet. And prior to that, they sort of, I'm, this is blurring the lines between an opening act and the intro to the show, but they started off with just an actor coming out and sort of reading some lines from Romeo and Juliet. And it set the stage very well. And, um, yeah, I, mean, I don't know, I, I could blather about that, but that's, I think that is a strong uh, pull. Definitely, and that's one of the C's that we're talking about in audience development, collaboration. And that is actually going to help you build your audience because you have another entity helping you with the whole uh, opening show mm -hmm. because yeah, of that. Great. So it's bringing their energy into the show that you wouldn't have had before. So I love that idea, and I love using it um, 
just specifically for your opening show to make it special. So tip number four, and and we're all going to love this because we all love food. So tip number four (laughs) is catering. Yeah, I mean, and it's easy. This isn't this isn't rocket science. Um, But, you know, opening night to help turn it into more of an event and make it feel more like a special occasion, um, you know, serve some food and, you know, maybe have a bar there. It just turns it into more of an event. It gives people a reason to to come a little earlier, to mingle, to get excited as they talk to other people about, like, are you excited about the show? You know, which part are you excited about? Um, you know, and you can make it a little bigger. And if you, you may or may not decide that opening night tickets need to be more expensive to cover the cost of food. But again, that might not be a bad thing right. because a more expensive ticket is, you know, clearly communicating to people that this night is a big deal. It's a big deal. You're getting a lot more value than a regular show. So uh, I love how you put it. If you don't normally serve alcohol, this would be a great time to make it. (laughs) (laughs) That's a funny way. And and definitely um, that will make the opening event more special than the other run of the shows. Um, So tip number five, get the look. So this is an interesting one. It, it is an interesting one, um, and and uh, some of the examples I think of really make sense for theater. Uh, for if you were doing um, Lion King, for example, that's a show where there is a very distinct makeup that the actors are wearing during the show. There's some puppetry, and so out in the lobby, having you know, it could be a face painting booth where kids can get their face painted just like Simba, um, or puppets they can play with, you know, and that's. That example, and really any example of this tactic, is going to be extremely show-specific. Um, but if, it, if you're doing a more serious show um, or more uh, traditional you makeup and costumes, maybe you have important prop pieces from the production, you know, examples of those props that are there that people can look at. Um, in some ways, you can view this as the very similar to the pre-show lecture, but instead of being people there, it's more like, interactive here's things you can look at and and touch and um something to just help people pull them in before the show even starts right so what do you think about the audience getting in on this if they actually know or is this supposed to be a surprise for the audience because i thought maybe you could invite the audience to dress in a certain way for the show as well and that is actually um that's something that shows up in uh, one of the later tips, I talked about this a little bit, but I'll, I'll jump to it now. Mm-hmm. Um, I used to work at movie theaters, uh, and when, when shows, uh, when movies like Harry Potter and some of the Star Wars prequels uh, came out, people would line up to buy, to buy tickets and to get in the show, and they would come dressed in costume. They'd be dressed like characters from the show. Uh, I always liked that feel, and um, earlier this year, here in Indianapolis, there was a production of Spamalot, so the Monty Python right. <laughs> um, musical. Um, and so I, I'll share here, this was a great idea. The execution never really panned out, but the idea is extremely solid. Um, but reaching out to the Society for Creative Anachronism. Now, these are the people that do medieval reenactments, and they'll do, you know, sword fights and wear armor, and they've, they've got the garb for this. Right. Um, but we wanted to, if we had a magic wand and could have made it, made it work the way we wanted to, invite those people to come dressed in their medieval garb to opening night and, you know, of course, you know, provide some some discount for doing that, but you really turn it into something that it was fun for them because – 
these are people that like to dress up in these outfits anyway. Exactly. Uh, and, and giving them a novel experience of, hey, instead of being out in a field, you know, where you're, you're sweating and sunny, how funny would it be to come, you know, come to a beautiful theater where people are, you know, well-dressed and, and <laughs> sit in these cabaret seats and just be dressed in your, you know, armor or, or whatever. Maybe armor is too impractical to go to for a night at the theater, but um, that was the idea. I think that's a great idea. The only thing I can think of, because you said, how would this translate, this concept to get the look, how would that translate to other disciplines? And I'm having a hard time coming up with examples, but the only thing I have right now is once in a while uh, you have a Halloween concert uh, mm -hmm. by an orchestra, and um, they invite people to dress up, and sometimes they dress up themselves. So that kind of is the same type of thing yeah. for get the look. Um, but it's something I need to think about more. How can other disciplines use this? It's very apropos to theater. Right. So we need to get a little bit more creative with either dance or, or uh, for classical music. Well, you've got it is a great way to bring kids in. Mm -hmm. um, you know, because I'm, I'm again, I'm on the outside looking in, but I'm guessing that's one of the challenges with uh Classical music, for example, figuring out how to connect with a truly young audience. You know, Peter and the Wolf, do the kids dress up as animals? Or if you've got some fairy tale themed thing, lots of little girls have princess outfits they can dress up in. That'd be very um, cute. <laughs> you'd have some great photo opportunities. Exactly, certainly. exactly. You can use it, definitely. So let's move on to tip number six, which is contest. So what are some ideas for contests? Um, I think there's a lot we can do with social media contests. Um, if you're doing, uh, if you've got a partnership with your local radio stations and they're letting people call in to get tickets, uh, it might be things that you're already doing anyway. But really, my my point is funnel that to opening night. You know, instead of giving away, I've made the mistake before of, of giving away tickets throughout the entire run, um, and I think it's more powerful to give away tickets for opening night, just again, making that as the the crowd is big, the excitement is big as it can possibly be on that night. Oh, I agree. It's a, it's a great way to make sure that you have people in those seats enjoying themselves. Mm -hmm. um, I would also say that I have done contests during the event. So you could actually have just really? special, yeah, you can have just a special contest during that opening night where people show up to be a part of that contest. Oh, okay. Exactly. So I had I did something that was hide I find the golden ticket and I would hide a golden ticket under somebody's seat. Mm -hmm. And so it was it was pretty hilarious. There was so much shuffling going on and people trying to <laughs> and so much chatter like, Oh my god, did I get it? Did I get it? And so somebody won the golden ticket and with that golden ticket with this opening uh it was for our opening season concert and mm -hmm. and we actually gave away a, a season subscription. And uh, oh, wow. it created a lot of buzz and it did get some more people uh in the door for that opening night. Excellent. That's great. So tip number seven, which I totally agree with, and this brings in uh, the connection component of audience development specifically, blocks of comp tickets. Yes. So, um, you know, when you're working with getting sponsors and part of their sponsorship includes, you know, a certain number of tickets, uh, all, all of that to the extent you can, I mean, ultimately, you may, there may be some negotiation with, with your sponsorship packages, but you want to you push that to opening night. Um, 
which is it, it can actually be beneficial to your sponsors too because they're going to be seeing they're going to be coming in on those nights when the energy is the highest because again you're doing everything you can to make this night big right. um, their presence is going to make it a bigger deal and and honestly you know if anyone listening to this has objections like well my I, we're going to get pushback from our sponsors you know put that on your here's what I would recommend put that on your packages and say it's for opening night but if one of your sponsors calls up and says hey can we move this to you know, next weekend or something, you're not going to say no, right? You'll right. just, you'll work with them. That is true. That is true. And there's other things you could do for getting the sponsor more involved. And if you only have a certain number of block comp tickets that you can give them for that night and they're asking mm-hmm. for another night, you can actually give them a discount for the opening night that they can give out to their friends and family. That's specifically for them. And that really does help um, with the opening night as well. Yeah. And, and I'll, I'll tag on here this too, the in theater in particular there, you'll get uh, the, the cast and crew for a show. will have some, a couple of comp tickets, a couple of discount tickets they can use for their family. Um, and I assume there's some version of that that shows up in right. every performance art. Um, but I would suggest uh, make those also for opening night, you know, as you're as you're telling your cast and crew, like, you know, here's tickets. And if someone says, oh, my my, you know, mom's going to be out of town that weekend, she can only come the second weekend. Again, you can be flexible in that moment, but make the default that you're telling everyone, you know, opening night just to try to funnel everything into that night. Right, right. I totally agree with you there. It's a great idea. So tip number eight, charity donations. And this is another 4C. This is going to show how caring your group is and how much you are connecting with the community. So charity donations. Right. So, I mean, there's there's events where they'll have, like, canned food drives, um, you know, and, and if people bring in a can of food, depending on your ticket price, maybe the – the can of food is means your ticket is half price, or if it's a a very low ticket price event, maybe, and you're really trying to build the buzz, maybe that can of food is admission. I, it could be different. Uh, around the holidays, toys for tots is always an option. You can do coat drives um, for definitely needed in Chicago right now. <laughs> I bet yes. Um, so and, and ideally. You won't always be able to do this, but when the opportunity is there, you want to match that up with the theme of the event. Oh, yes. That would be a great idea to make it more a part of the show and, and make it more special. Um, right. You could get really creative with that. Yeah, absolutely. So tip number nine, media preview. And this this is one that I feel like lots of people have pushed back on this. And I'll be honest. This is an idea I've had that I've never been able to to implement 100% uh, to, okay. to force this issue. But um, media previews, certainly in theater, uh, I think it can feel like a dress rehearsal. Um, and, and if you have a preview, like typically if you're opening on Friday, there'll be a Thursday night, hey, invite all the media in because you want them to ideally publish their reviews and things on Friday so it you know, gets out and people show up that weekend. Um, but I think a lot of press people, uh, and I'm, I'm making huge generalizations and assumptions here, but I do think a lot, a lot of people in the, the press um, don't want to come to those because it's not like a real performance. It's They want to come mm-hmm. when the full audience is there and get the full effect. Um, so it, it, kind of bridging those two ideas together, 
one approach that you could take is to make your media preview night opening night. Uh, and that doesn't mean that you're publicizing it as your media preview night. Uh, but what I'm thinking is when you contact all of your, uh, all the journalists, everyone that you know in the press, you specifically say, hey, we're inviting you to attend this night. So it's not right. kind of that open, when do you want to come? We'll let you, whenever you want, we'll let you come whenever. Um, that you're really saying opening night and maybe we'll give you a discount for other nights. And this is a hard line. And, and the relationship between uh, arts organizations and the media, that's it, it is a fragile thing. And I certainly wouldn't say to anyone, do this if you think it's going to burn bridges or, you know, put people off. But if you can make that happen, the effect is you're going to get your arts coverage out very quickly the way you want it. Um, and the journalists that are there, again, just like the sponsors, they're going to be there on a night when the energy is high, when everything is, is happening. They're going to see the best possible um, audience energy for your show. And that really does play into reviews, I believe. Oh, it definitely does. I, I agree that it's all a part of it. That energy is going to um, add to their thoughts and feelings of the night. So what do you think about actually inviting bloggers if the media does not show up for, if they can't make the the media preview night, I'm not sure that that, that any more we should be drawing distinctions between bloggers and traditional media like newspapers and outlets. I think we can we can view it in terms of what sort of audience they have, um, what's their reach, and the bloggers are more likely to uh, reach a more techno uh, comfortable audience. Oftentimes that'll be a younger audience. It's worth thinking about that. But as far as whether or not it warrants an invite, I just think of bloggers as um, as journalists now. And I go a step further. I think of social media people. Uh, there are people in indie who you know, may or may not have a blog. And certainly if they do, they don't cover every arts event they go mm -hmm. to. But they have a large social media following. And when they go to an arts event you know, at intermission, they hop on their phones and they're talking on Twitter about something that they're seeing, and that is, that's gold as far as uh, getting, your, getting your name out there in the community and letting people see, like, wow, this person who sees all kinds of arts is, cho chose to go to this production and is talking about it. That's very powerful. I agree with you, and it's amazing how the lines are just blurring right and left. And I've seen um, some bloggers that are, are just very educated on the topics that they they write about. And in fact, there are some ex-newspaper people that are starting up blogs and and, yes. and that is really interesting to find out that uh, the professionals that used to be on the newspaper are now doing the blogs themselves to, mm -hmm. to keep in the game. So, um, so let's move on. Something that's kind of related. Tip number 10 is press feature. Yeah, and the idea here is that there are sort of two types of news coverage you can get. You can get the um, review or preview, depending on whether or not the writer has seen the show yet, um, where it's more of a uh, – it, it, I, I view it as more talking to a potential audience member to try to help them decide whether or not they should go. Uh, but there's also a press feature, which in my mind is it's an article about – the impact that your show has on the community, uh, how people are affected. It's more, and it goes above beyond the 
merit of the art that you're creating, the quality of the art, like what is the effect that the show has? Um, and, and you will sometimes get press coverage that is both of those merged together, which is great. Um, but it's worth thinking about both of those angles. And, and this, this, I guess, is a little bit outside the bounds of just opening night. Um, but if you're trying to get your media coverage for opening night, when you're reaching out to not just art critics, but columnists that talk about the impact on the community, you also want them to come opening night and see that same energy. Exactly, exactly. And I think press features are becoming uh, more important right now because the newspapers are starting to get rid of reviews in certain aspects. I know, like, for example, theater has uh, many shows per run, but there are some other disciplines that maybe they're only putting on one event and it's not going to be repeated. Mm-hmm. And I'm finding that a lot of newspapers are getting getting rid of reviews for just one-time events and will not cover an event with a review unless they have a repeat performance. So these press features are, are becoming more and more important to us. Yeah, and I, I agree. I'm seeing the exact same thing with that, with the trend with papers. Right. So I love the fact that I'm just going to read, because, I mean, I love how you put it here, and I totally tell my audiences as well that this means if you're sending releases out to 10 different news outlets, you might need to modify parts of your release 10 different times, so you're always sending a release that highlights what your production means to each of those audiences. That is, like, really important for audience development. Um, Definitely treat each journalist uniquely so you have more of a chance to get this important press feature. I love that. So we've come to tech number 11. Boy, that went pretty quickly. Uh, Niche group discounts, and this is the (laughs) one you said uh, when we were talking about – the uh, comp tickets, you, you kind of mentioned more about these niche group discounts. Is there anything else you want to add now that we're actually at this tip? Yeah. Well, yeah. So we, the example that I had with the with Spamalot mm-hmm. production was that the, the niche group would come in in costume. But this idea certainly isn't exclusive to that. If you can identify a niche group for your production, um, finding some way to – incentivize them coming opening night. So uh, uh, the the show Tribes, there's a character, it's a show about a family, and one of the characters is deaf, and the, the rest of the family has a very difficult time dealing with uh, the deaf family member. And, like, they refuse to learn sign language, and it's, it's kind of, it's, it's a great show about that. But every community has a deaf population within the community. And so reaching out to them, uh, you know, and giving them very, you know, they'd probably hear about it and be interested mm-hmm. anyway. But if you can really give them the, the special treatment and say, hey, we want you guys opening night. You know, we're going to offer this discount to everyone in your organization. You know, come. We'll, we'll let you all sit together. Like turn it into uh, as big a thing as you can. And almost any show has some niche audience. And you might have to right. dig to find it. Uh, but, but there's always some group of people that that you want to think not just in terms of who likes this art form, you know, who likes classical music, who likes theater. Think of who is going to like this particular production. What is it about this production that's unique and who is that going to speak to? Exactly. I'm always telling people look at every single facet of whatever you're doing and see what you can glean from that. So, um 
I was working with a theater company that was doing RFK, and uh, we definitely contacted all the different Democrat groups in the area <laughs> to invite them to the opening night. So, so these types of niche invitations make a great deal of sense to, to making that opening night very special. Yeah. So you actually had a meta tip <laughs> in this blog post. I did. Eleven was not enough. Eleven was not enough. So meta tip partner. Yes. And and as you're as you're partnering with organizations and and honestly the maybe the easiest example is to think of if you're partnering with local restaurants and kind of offering this package deal to people, hey, dinner and a show, uh, you know, for one price you'll get this nice dinner and then, you know, nearby, ideally they're located very close together, maybe within walking distance, you know, come see this performance. Um, and again, it's, it's that same idea over and over again, just funnel those partnerships into opening night, um, make those packages all for opening night. And if you get pushback and the restaurant says, well, Hey, we've got this really big, it's an Irish restaurant and St. Patrick's Day is on this weekend instead. Can we do that? You know, you can always be flexible and say yes, but start the conversation with with um, seeing how much attention you can get for opening night. So you also mentioned here, which I thought was a great idea, if you're holding a talk back, reach out to local high schools and colleges to see if students can get extra credit for participating. That's an awesome idea. We're always trying to get the younger audience and, and get them to attend and get involved. So what a fantastic idea there. I know, I really probably, I should have given that one of the numbers and, and made it bigger, but, I, but yeah. That's, uh... <laughs> Definitely. So, well, partnering is all about collaborating and getting involved with your community. So, a def definitely four C gold on that one. <laughs> so, um, because there's a lot of tips here, um, what do you think are the top three out of this list? What are things that you, you definitely would say to people, these, these are the top three that I would recommend? Well, it may vary according to your art form and even, you know, what your production is, what the content of your production is. Sometimes you'll have different opportunities. I would suggest starting with that get the look idea. Um, are there things in the lobby, you know, face painting or props that people can hold, things you can have there for them to interact with? Um, and almost think of it as like, what's the coolest museum you've ever been to where people can like, you know, read a little bit about something and touch it. And start there. And if there's something you can do with your production that fits, great. And you may not be able to. Uh, and, you, and just move on, and that's okay. So I'm, uh, after you started there, I would next look at kind of everything that you're doing that you're giving someone a ticket, whether that's comp tickets, whether that's press tickets, whether that's, um, you know, the packages that you're doing with local businesses, and push all of that to opening night. And if, it, if for some reason it needs to move out of opening night, fine. But put everything into opening night that you possibly can. So that's I'm it's kind of cheating here. I'm covering several tips. That's okay. That's okay. <laughs> um, and then I think the most the most impactful um, as far as your ticket sales and and honestly, I think this makes you a better marketer. You're going to develop once you do this. Uh, and I'm speaking about tip number eleven, the last one, finding niche groups. Every time you do that, you get better at it. It gets mm -hmm. easier. It gets less intimidating. So in my mind, this is the big picture. The most important thing to be doing is identify a niche group for this production and reach out to them and offer them a discount for opening night. I think that's one of the best things you can do for this production and for all your future productions from a marketing perspective. 
I totally agree with you. And I know that um, you mentioned that there might be a little bit of a fear behind doing that in some aspects. It's kind of, you know, the group sales feel that, that people are a little intimidated by. Um, well, but like- <laughs> I'm, feel- I'm feeling that we're actually offering them a really big service, something that they're really going to be interested in. So maybe if we can look at it from that viewpoint, it will become a lot easier. Yeah, and that is the right way to think of it. Um, you know, make sure that before you approach somebody, you really thought about what's what's in it for them, why they will care about this production. Because exactly. if you do that, then the conversation goes so much easier. Um, it's like the difference between asking somebody out on a date that you've never talked to before and asking somebody out on a date that you kind of already know, oh, this person likes going to monster truck rallies. And then you can say, hey, on Friday, would you like to go to this monster truck rally? It's just it's an easier conversation when you know they're going to be receptive to what you're offering. Exactly. Well, I just thought thought of something about get the look. Remember, I was trying to figure out how would this translate to other disciplines. Oh, yes, yes. And I remember that um, we had done like a movie night where it was – a night at the Oscar type of thing, which some orchestras are doing okay. nowadays, too, still. And um, that's when they bring out the Harry Potter movie music and, <laughs> and all the John Williams, because uh, most of it is John Williams, but then I mean, there's a lot of other, the Lord of the Rings, things of that nature. A Danny Elfman in there from time a to Danny time. Danny Elfman, yes, definitely. And there's a lot of really great movie composers. Mm-hmm. And... Um, we actually pulled out a red carpet, and then we had ah. uh, members of the orchestra and uh, our conductor on the receiving line. Mm-hmm. So they would get to, to say hello, and we made it like kind of that type of Oscar feel to the event and uh, made it just more special for, for the people that way. And the only other thing I can think of is, that in the lobby area, you might have room for a visual arts gallery, and you can actually tie that into your opening night by having some kind of special gallery if um, the venue allows it. So that's an, another way you can get the look for some of these other disciplines that aren't theater. Yeah, that could be great. And a lot of you know local artists, if they're a great exposure for them, too. Uh, that sounds that like a great partnership. My, I have one question, though, about the red carpet. I have to ask this. Did you have paparazzi? <laughs> yeah, we did actually have people around with the cameras to make it more. Like, That's fantastic. We, we did, a, did it as campy as we could in that <laughs> more uh, conservative atmosphere of classical music. So um, I wanted to, to ask you, just to wrap this up, is there any final thoughts you have for our listeners? Well, I would say that it's um, – Yeah, and maybe piggybacking on this one idea, uh, I imagine that there might be some people listening to this thinking, well, this is great if I sell out opening night, but then I've got all these other nights of my run. You know, what what happens if I've, you know, used up all my good marketing mojo for opening night? And and I would say that's that's a valid concern. but I'm not sure that it's one that you really need to worry about. If, if you do this, what you'll find is all that positive energy that you create opening night kind of goes out into the community. The positive word of mouth. Your word of mouth is stronger. Um, the, you know, what mentions you get in press coverage are going to be stronger. And it that comes back and helps you with the other nights of the run. 
So if you if you overmarket certainly, like as soon as you sell out opening night, okay, start you know redirecting your marketing efforts to the other nights, um, but don't be afraid of the idea that you're going to make opening night so big because that's going to help all the other nights. Right, and as you mentioned, you're not going to be doing all 11 tips for for one opening night. That definitely would be overkill. So there's there's other things that you can do for other nights if you need to to use something special yeah. for another night. Definitely. Well, thank you so much, Clay. I think I've had a great time talking with yes, you about delightful. this. And um, why don't you tell people how they can uh, well, connect the, with you? The best place to uh, connect with me is to go to soldoutrun.com and uh, – it, that's kind of the hub for everything that I that I talk about in this world. Soldoutrun.com it is. And you're also giving a little gift to our listeners yes. today that I will be linking on uh, the website for the podcast. If you could tell us a little bit about how to promote a show yeah, online. Um, I created a 16-page ebook called How to Promote a Show Online, and it – it used to be something that was uh, available on my website, and I've kind of, you know, I've taken it off and replaced it with other things, but I know that that is still a topic that people are very interested in, how to promote a show. And so it just talks a little bit about uh, some social media and some of the, the steps. It sort of breaks it down and demystifies the process. So if any of your listeners are really, you know, scratching their head, wondering how do we, how does one promote online? What does that even look like? It's a nice primer. Um, and so I just thought I, I wanted to make that available to your audience. Fantastic. Thanks so much for doing that. I'm sure they'll appreciate it. And it's always great to demystify <laughs> things. So <laughs> that's going to be very helpful to our listeners. So thanks again, Clay. And I hope to have you on the show another time. Thanks so much. I'd love to be back. All right. Well, you take care. You too. Bye. All right. Bye-bye. It was great to speak with Clay Mabbitt today from Sold Out Run. I find that he is equally enthusiastic about audience development and arts marketing. And we always have a good time talking with one another, as hopefully you witnessed during our conversation today. As he mentioned, he is giving away a free mini ebook to you called How to Promote a Show Online. And you will find that at the website, buildmyaudience.com. Click on podcast page, and you will find it on today's podcast, Friday, January 24th. So we're going to wrap up today's ADS podcast. Thanks so much for being with us. If you have a suggestion for future podcasts, please send us a voicemail via our website, or send us an email, ads at buildmyaudience.com. Have a great rest of your day, and we'll be talking with you again soon. 